This is News Talk 980 CKNW. We are going to talk a little B.C. politics now because this coming week is going to be an interesting one. Well, they've all been interesting ones for the past few weeks. Keith Baldry is with us with Global B.C. Good morning, Keith. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So Thursday. Yes. Yeah, so Thursday, the fun and games begin on Thursday, unless something happens before then. And given what's been going on, who knows? But Thursday, 10 a.m. is when the House resumes sitting. Uh, the first order of business is to elect a speaker. The Liberals have now ended uh, a bit of potential drama by saying that they will put up a member of their own to be speaker. Then the um, uh, House will adjourn. They'll come back in the afternoon with all the pomp and ceremony, the bands, the the uh, military guard, uh, the lieutenant governor inspecting the guard, and all the hoopla. And then the throne speech, which will be unusual this time because the liberals are going to load it full of chock full of uh, goodies uh, taken from the other party's platforms uh, in the sort of vain hope that somehow it's going to pass muster uh, when the vote is taken. Now, of course, that's not going to happen. The vote on the throne speech will occur the following week uh, on the following Thursday. So we've got a week of basic drama uh, to varying degrees. The throne speech kicking it off on Thursday, then debate the following week with a vote on Thursday that will likely result in the government being defeated. Won't it be kind of odd when watching the debate or listening to the debate over a speech where it's really the, the end game is to vote the government down, at least from the two other parties? Yeah. So the, the debate almost seems, it seems completely false. Yeah, we've been trying to talk to the other parties. What's the point of this? It's almost farcical, in a way, mm-hmm. uh, to go through this, this somewhat pointless exercise. The Liberals' retort is that uh, this, is a, this is the tradition, this is the, the system. We, you bring in a throne speech and you debate it, and then you vote on it. And uh, it would be, uh, their argument is it would be phony to bring it in and just have a snap vote that uh, one, one thing I, I, can, I, I have learned over the years is that the legislature is hidebound by tra- uh, tradition. It is very tradition-oriented, and, uh, and this is part of the tradition. Even the NDP, I think, is going to go along with this. Uh, it seems to be a, a deal between the House leaders uh, that the vote will occur on Thursday, because normally the vote would occur the following week. And there's, there's usually six days set down for debate on the throne speech, according to st- the standing orders, the rule book of the legislature. So they've agreed to condense that into four days. I suppose the NDP and the Greens want to make a point over and over again that uh, this government's got to go. Uh, do we know who is going to be the speaker? Not yet. Uh, there's only a few names. Uh, if you look through the Liberal roster who don't have either um, a cabinet post or a parliamentary secretary post or positions such as uh, chair or, you know, uh, whip, those types of things. I might Money is on the caucus chair, Jackie Taggart, who's the MLA for Fraser Nicola. That, I mean, I'm not basing that on any inside knowledge whatsoever, just as a guess of who who it might be. And why do you why do you think that? Well, I think she's. Um, I, I thought she was going to be in cabinet. Quite frankly, I think uh, Christy Clark thinks highly of her. Uh, I think uh, she's. You know, I think has. Uh, more seniority than some of the newcomers who are left out of the other positions. So, I mean, it's 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 her, or maybe it's Eric Foster, the the current whip. Uh, I think it's got to be a sitting MLA uh, who's got some experience. It can't be someone who was newly elected on uh, May 9th, because uh, even though they're only going to be in there for a few days, it's going to be, a, I think, a, an unusual situation to be Speaker, even for a short time, 
given this uh, parliament, which is is so somewhat hamstrung with a, with a, a, a minority government with the Liberals or a, a bare majority with the NDP. Uh, what do you think about uh, our colleague, uh, Michael Smith, that uh, has written today about Daryl Plekis being uh, asked not once, not twice, but three times by both the uh, NDP and the Greens to yep. sit as Speaker? He he was very strong saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but if, if that's happening in that case, do you think, is there a lot of that going on, that trying to persuade someone to do it? Yeah. Yeah, there is. And the NDP and the Greens know how fragile their their alliance will be if they have to put up a speaker. And uh, that's why all they're putting all the stops to try to lean on uh, the Liberals to uh, put someone up. Uh, there's, you know, you can argue this either way that uh, the Liberals to make to make the Parliament truly work to reflect the will of the of the voter that uh, did not give anybody a, 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 a strong majority here that the you know, they should help somehow prop up the NDP Green Alliance to make it uh, a more effective legislature. On the other hand, in the bare-knuckle world of BC politics, it's impossible to see something like that happening. I mean, I can't imagine the NDP propping up the Liberals, and I can't imagine the Liberals propping up the NDP. Why this is so important, though, uh, is it's not so much when the Speaker's in the chair for things like question period, where it's going to be a 44-43 vote, and the Speaker will vote uh, to break a tie, where it, where it becomes critical is when the um, the House goes into what's called the Committee of the Whole, and by tradition in BC politics and by convention, the Speaker leaves the chamber, and therefore it's suddenly a forty three forty three proposition, and the government side, which would be the NDP Greens, puts their deputy Speaker in the chair, and suddenly. What do you know? It's a 43 Liberal, 42 Alliance uh, situation with with the Deputy Speaker in the chair who only votes to break a tie. So in the committee stage, which is basically 90% of the legislature's uh, sitting time, the Liberals would actually have a majority. So this is why the NDP and the Greens are somewhat uh, frantic, that they need uh, someone from the Liberals to sit in the chair so they can at least have an effective majority in the committee stage. Although I think what they're going to do is try to change the rules to allow the Speaker to sit in the chamber during committee, thus avoiding this deputy Speaker scenario and a Liberal majority. But uh, never has the question uh, of who is the Speaker of the B.C. Uh, legislature taken on such importance that it has right now, because you see what the stakes are. Uh, and isn't it a little bit, uh, I mean, changing the rules at a time when things are so tenuous, uh, I don't know that voters are really going to be keen on, on changing the rules to suit the party of the day. Well, especially when it's seen as basically pure political expedience. Uh, these are rules that have existed for well more than 100 years in B.C. The Speaker has never sat in committee. Uh, and it's just it's a, it's a time-honored tradition in the British parliamentary system that this is not done. Also, uh, the standing orders, which is the rule book of the legislature, uh, which governs the place, are, are never changed unless there's all-party consent. The standing orders have been changed from time to time uh, to change things such as, for example, a question period used to be in the afternoon on Tuesday and Thursday. It's now in the morning. This just happened a couple years ago. That was changed by all-party consent. Uh, so one party cannot ram home a, a fundamental change in the rules without the other parties agreeing to it. But in this situation, we seem to be drifting towards uh, the, this very shaky alliance, which has a one-seat majority, changing the rules on a fundamental issue that is, goes back hundreds of years in which the Speaker is not supposed to be in the House. 
when they talk about things like money uh, and supply of money. And that's just that goes back hundreds of years. Yet it seems to be we seem to be on the verge of changing it for pure political expediency. And, and could they do that? Is it is it as easy? It's a brush of the pen. They would be able to do that. Well, uh, the briefings I've received, I've received from uh, the experts around here is that yeah, a majority rules on on changing. The uh, the rules of the game. Uh, it's not supposed to happen with unless everybody agrees. But technically, the majority of the house can change the rules. And what's you know somewhat questionable was the Green Party, which is this fledgling party, which only got 17 percent of the vote in the election. Basically, is would provide the majority vote to change the rules of uh, that have been there for hundreds of years. So the Green Party with 17 percent of the vote now has the power to change one of the most fundamental rules in the legislature. Uh, although I don't think anybody could argue the Green Party was not given a was given a mandate to do such a thing, but yet they are seem to be prepared to uh, to assist the NDP in doing that. We'll we'll know, I suppose, after uh, the 29th when the confidence vote is taken, uh, sometime in July, I think, uh, or August, the House will come back with John Horgan as the Premier, and that's when they're going to try to presumably they'll try to change the rules. And we'll see if the Green Party actually follows along and uh, assists the NDP in doing that. Hmm. Uh, it seems unrealistic unreal- for this to happen, but again, we're talking BC politics, so who knows? What are the chances, do you think, that, and we know this pressure has been going on behind the scenes, that there is a Liberal MLA out there who is about to commit uh, political suicide, cross the floor, knowing that this will be their last uh, term, and stay on as Speaker? Well, that that is a possibility. Um, I mean, the speaker comes with uh, with it some pretty good perks. You get a big top up in your salary, um, which can have an impact on your on your pen- your pension, rather generous pension, uh, and uh, and a number of other sort of uh, perks that go with with the job. But uh, you're right. I mean, it's uh, you're going all in on um, on a very short term uh, basis here. No one expects this uh, this parliament to last. A tremendously long time, perhaps uh, a year, maybe two years. Most minority governments or most situations like this only last about eighteen months. Uh, but for a Liberal MLA to do this and cross the floor and uh, excuse me, sit as Speaker, uh, it's not so much political suicide as it's it's political uh, uh, exile. Uh, you're you're basically going to turn your back on your colleagues, your party, the people who elected you. Uh, and you can never go back. And if you look at the results, <clears throat> the results of the election in individual writings, only a handful of liberals were elected in by bare margins. Most of the liberals or the NDP or the Greens, for that matter, were elected by very strong margins. So it's not as if they can go back and and uh, and win their writings again come the next election. Because, uh, as I say, with the exception of just a handful of writings. Most of them were voted in by pretty healthy margins. So if you're an MLA from that you won by two or three thousand votes last time and you crossed the floor to go be the speaker, there's no chance of you being reelected again because uh, the people who elected you obviously aren't going to be very happy with you. It's only those MLAs in relatively tight margins who might have a chance of reelection <clears throat> if they cross over to the other side because the other side got almost as many votes as they did on May 9th. But um, I'd still be surprised if the Liberal does that. I think, uh, I think the, from what I can tell, the caucus seems to be pretty united that they're not going to uh, not put someone up. Uh, other than, I suppose, someone might also bend to the argument that for the, for the greater good of the, of the Parliament, someone from that minority side should sit as a speaker to assist the, the majority side. But this is B.C. politics. As I say, it's a bare-knuckle blood sport, <laughs> and you 
don't see too much. We don't have a lot of group hugs over here. (laughs) That is true. All right, we will uh, wait till Thursday. But like you said, who knows what might happen between now and then. Keith, thank you so much. Anytime, Joe. That is uh, Keith Baldry with Global BC, uh, bringing us up to date on what is happening in BC politics. We'll take a short break. When we come back, a run is taking place on the North Shore today. We're going to check in with one of the runners and find out what is happening. That's coming up next. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.